Moving Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn. I'm your co-host, Mitchell Kakalka. So today we're going to be talking about grief and grief specifically in films and how it kind of manifests into our, our real world lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been dealing with, you know, quite quite a bit of this lately with my grandfather. He He's in the hospital right now and... Uh, you know, he's 91. We've kind of all had to have that conversation in the family, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been, you know, it's weird because it's, it, you, you don't really think about it too much in, in your day to day. And then there's like, and then when you do talk about it, you still don't really connect that, you know, life is this really temporary thing. And then like you have one conversation and it suddenly just hits you weirdly out of nowhere. And, uh, it, it, it's there's nothing else quite like it so when i can watch a film that i feel really accurately captures those feelings of you don't want to lose this person you love or when they do go life almost feels like it's not going to be the same anymore when i feel like a film really captures that it it's it's rare but it's rare but it's really appreciated so we're going to talk about about four films today yeah. mm-hmm. that we feel all do that in one way or another pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. So to see the films that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start with my first one, which is uh, Dear Zachary, um, a letter to a son about his father. One of my favorite films of all time, one of my favorite documentaries of all time. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's essentially this... Uh, Man, you can't really talk about it without ruining it. I'd really recommend just go into this film blind, but it's a very, very detailed look at um, a documentary, uh, a documentary filmmaker whose friend passes really, really unfortunately through very bizarre circumstances and who further on um, the friend tries to make a film to, you know, the, the, his friend who's passed son telling him how great his father was because the son, you know, was, was, you know, a, a small infant when his father passed. Mm-hmm. So, and through the course of that, the film just becomes more and more kind of disorienting and disturbing. And it, it, it really kind of throws you through every emotional loop you can have. Okay. But, um, man, it's it's some of the most honest and like human filmmaking out there. I can't recommend it enough. Mm. Yeah. So you you do want me to go on with my pick? Oh, um. Well, I, I, I guess I guess I, I I talk about the film a little bit longer, and I I would just really try to emphasize that um. This this film is really personal, and it's it's a film that this person made completely out of just. It, it, it's 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 like a home movie it's a tribute to your lost friend and through this this just dark absurdity of life this documentary filmmaker gets thrown into way more than he ever bargained for and uh you're never gonna want to date date ever again <laughs> it, it, it's a really man mm-hmm. i i can't recommend it enough just go into this film blind but the thing that pertains so much about grief is that you know not only does 
the film observe this friend losing his best friend. It observes the family losing their son, the community mm-hmm. losing their community member, the friends losing their friend. I mean, he was a doctor at a hospital. He was a well-loved, well-respected person. And I mean, a lot of the, the interviewers, they'll you know break down. And even the, the documentary filmmaker himself, when he's narrating the film, there's point, there's one specific point in the film where he's detailing these, you know, disturbing events that happened and he literally breaks. Like you can hear him mm-hmm. talking and he goes, and he keeps it in. Now, any other editor would tell you, oh, you got to keep that out. Yeah. But keeping that in there, that pushes the film to a whole other personal realm. And hearing that kind of a sound that 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 real of a sound you know from a from a real person in a film you almost never never mm-hmm. see something that that tangible in, yeah. in a film so yeah dear dear zachary i can't mm-hmm. recommend that film enough and i i think even though like how we're talking about like this we can't really do the film justice with that because um without spoiling it and saying what um what exactly what it does portray and stuff like that yeah yeah um just just because a lot of the power in the film because i i watched it blind my first time Mm -hmm. and uh i wouldn't want to rob anybody of that experience Mm -hmm. it will make you cry more than (laughs) like more than once i guarantee it It makes it towards the top of a lot of like saddest movies ever or most like depressing movies ever list yeah like there's there's a time where like every Every guy who's like into movies, or I guess just anybody who's into movies, period. I shouldn't just say guys, that's stupid. But um anybody who dislikes movies, they go through this period where they'll they'll look up like the most disturbing movies ever, mm-hmm. or the, the most yeah. whatever. And sure enough, Dear Zachary, I always saw that on list and I never thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and I was like, damn, that's <laughs> it 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 affected me more than cannibal holocaust yeah i think that's in that kind of comes to the territory of the emotion of grief as compared to some of the other um films that could be on the list like those like most disturbing most shocking most gruesome or gruesome which have a very um which have effects that can stick with you but not exactly like stick not exactly like pierce into you and like um leave a deep impact on you where which um which is what films like the zachary and like uh films like that can do yeah because i mean with with a horror film you know you want to scare your audience that's the emotion that you want to bring but there's a level of fiction that that needs to exist there because you can't literally kill people Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's a movie but with a film like Dear Zachary in this documentary, you can literally talk about the death of real people. Yeah. So, you know, fiction has its benefits, but sometimes, you know, um, there there's certain things that can happen in, in documentary filmmaking that are just irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think, you know, a film like Dear Zachary points that out like more more abundantly clear than almost any other film. Mm-hmm. You want me to go with my yeah. So my first pick is the 2013 Coen Brothers film Inside Lewin Davis. Um, not kind of unlike um, Dear Zachary and a, and a couple other films I'm going to be talking about. It's not exactly 
um openly like outwardly depressing it's not the grief and the depression at the core of the movie isn't exactly um the main thing it's going for it's the plot for those who don't know is um oscar lewin davis as played by oscar isaac one of his first this was before like star wars force awakens this was before this was kind of one of his oh my gosh i didn't know they i just realized those are the same person yeah i did not reckon with the beard or the lack the of beard, beard in star uh, wars holy crap that the, damn it was so this was i think his second like big hollywood role he was in drive nicholas uh nicholas winding reference film that was just kind of like and he was in a couple other movies, but this was Inside Llewyn Davis was the first movie that really like put him in the spotlight. And he yeah. plays this folk singer, kind of a contemporary of Bob Dylan. They kind of Bob Dylan kind of looms over the sh- looms over um, the film's kind of like setting like a shadow, but it's, yeah. he's not really um, the focus of the movie. It's um, a folk singer down on his luck, played by um, Oscar Isaac. And a lot of the movie is just him kind of trying to make um, break it into the music industry after he's after before the movie starts. uh, um, He was dealt a very personal tragedy and the move and you don't exactly i don't i'm not going to spoil it here but the movie kind of hints at it gradually until they just kind of like drop it exactly like what happened it's like a casual conversation and it really changes what you think how um you think of everything that came beforehand and it, when you kind of are able to look at in lewin davis's um <clears throat> emotional state through like a new lens of like oh this is why he's this is why he's like this this is what happened to him and um it is um relating to death the death of somebody close to him right and but he never there's aren't very there aren't very many scenes in the movie where he openly deals with it where he openly um addresses uh the issue of his grieving which sadly enough i think is kind of a realistic um portrayal of how um, a lot of people deal with grief. They kind of um, let their emotions like eat away inside of them and kind of become like he does kind of like a walking dead man. Yeah. And and so that, and so, um, yeah. And again, the movie, the movie's very entertaining. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Coen Brothers movie. It's very funny, but like the Coen Brothers, um, they they always do have a kind of like subversive and um, deeper edge to humor. I think Inside Lynn Davis is one of the better examples of that um, type of filmmaking within their um, portfolio. Yeah, I feel like a character like Lewin Davis is you know, in that context supposed to be viewed kind of pathetically mm-hmm. as this like homeless traveling, very generic, very cliche like hack musician, hack musician who's going from bar to bar with his cat. And mm-hmm. people are like, what, what are you doing? But, um, I think that it's a good, it's a good tool of humanizing them through understanding that like, you know, they're doing this even after the onset of a really serious loss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like that, that's something that, kind of any artist can relate to yeah that idea of people judging your work without really knowing the toil that full or the toil behind it fully Mm -hmm. and you know people are 
free to dislike whatever they dislike, but sometimes it can really feel, I guess, discrediting or disheartening, especially mm -hmm. when you make something that can be really, really personal. You yeah. Know? And uh, I, I love films that deal with that, that kind mm -hmm. of personality of, of musicians because they're, you know, they're often really crappy people or also flawed people quite damaged people in damaged, some cases sure. it's kind of yeah. the double-edged sword of that type of art is that you can be you can like put your entire being into like the, the art that you create um but it's, but it can be hard to connect with people especially when you're trying to por uh, portray like deep feelings of grief like yeah. the character in inside the davis is and then there's there's those people who they haven't sincerely felt that, so they 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 fabricate it and they try mm -hmm. to you know. It, it's like it's the drama out of yelling. Yeah, that's that. <clears throat> but um, so I guess my are, are you good? Yeah, I'm All good. Right. So my second film, um, is a a bit of a not an unheard of film, maybe just a, a film that we haven't talked about or maybe haven't heard of in in a minute. Um, Wild Strawberries by Ingmar Bergman, mm -hmm. 1957 Swedish film. That's probably why not very very many people have heard of it. No, it's a it's a it's a great movie. And it's, a it's a classic. Movie, it, it's but... a true classic. It's a true classic OG artsy fartsy movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the reason why it pertains to our discussion on grief is that the whole point of the film is basically a, an elderly man kind of coming to terms with his own mortality and eventually his own death at the end of the film. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert. But um people die, everyone. Pe yeah, people yeah, people actually die. So mm -hmm. um so while not technically a film about grief in the traditional sense, it is about a man kind of walking himself through the process of look, you're going to die. This is what you're going to leave behind and mm -hmm. this is how you've lived your life. You you messed this up. You did okay here. And, you know, through through the course of, of the film, he, had, he has to travel cross country with his uh, uh, daughter in law. Who you know, reveals to him that that she's going through a lot of personal turmoil, too. She wants to call off her marriage and. Um, because, you know, she's getting married to his son and she reveals that in the in the film, you know, he's becoming more and more like you. Mm. So. Um, he he goes through a lot of these real personal revelations to himself about how he was this kind of cold, callous, kind of intellectual cynic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he in this cross country trip, he he encounters a lot of young people. They bump into like this group of young, like 50s, like beat generation hipster types. They have guitars and they're all shirtless and good looking and stuff. And mm -hmm. they're all having a good time. And uh it's it's funny for him to re he reflects on this and he realizes how like these people are so full of life and all of my life I look down on people for being this full of life right it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like a Christmas story Scrooge type scenario okay that kind of like oh I I should change the way I live but the unfortunate thing about wild strawberries is there's no chance for the Scrooge to turn a new leaf because mm -hmm. you know it, it's too late yeah and um. Yeah, I, I I feel like it's a film that a lot of people should just watch, like just just for themselves, because it, it forces you to have that conversation with yourself. 
Yeah, I can't. There aren't very many films that deal with grief on that level. If you look up the definition of grief, it's um, a deep sense of sorrow or sadness, usually caused by a personal loss of um, something or someone you love. And I don't think a lot of people really um, get that. In some in some cases, that can be yourself, yeah. um, especially um, as portrayed in this movie. Uh, it, when um, death, like de- the death of yourself, is something that's um, inevitable, and and, and uh, as portrayed in the movie, kind of like very soon in the future. Yeah, um, and I don't, I can't really think of like a whole lot of movies that deal with that. Maybe like Synecdoche, uh, New York. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, but, no, but, but even, not as well as this film. Definitely, but <laughs> but even though it's like Sex New York, Wild Strawberries, um, Michael Michelle, uh, okay, um, Michelle Gondry, um, Michelle Hanneke's. Oh, Hanneke. Uh, um, Hanneke. Yeah. I think everybody goes through a period where they mispronounce his name. Um, a more by Michelle Haneke. Oh, right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And there's, and so there is a handful of films that do deal with kind of like the end of life, the ever encroaching march of death. Oh, Taste of Cherry by um, Abbas, yeah. Abbas Kiarostami. We mm-hmm. kind of touched on that in our uh, Iranian, Iranian cinema way, film yeah. uh, episode, which go go watch that episode because mm-hmm. it's like our most obscure one we've got. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, I love how, because um, in, in, in the film, you know, the main character, you feel as if he is really grieving for his life because he, he feels as if he has really watched his life just waste before him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that's a feeling that I have myself, you know, like sometimes, you know, feeling a bit more anxious or a bit more depressed. You do feel like, what am I doing? You know, is, is this the right road to take or should I have spent my day doing this or that? And I mean, when you, when you come up to like 80 years of that, mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that would probably almost just be too much for, for some people to take, to feel like, all right, that was my shot. Yeah. And that, that's all, that's all that they, they may have written. So a very depressing episode today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes with the territory of talking about films about grief, talking about the emotion of depression. We'll do like top 10 Adam Sandler films next week. We'll, we'll say tuned, everybody. So, I mean, I can maybe lighten up a bit. No, it's not going to be light at all. My, my next film is In Bruges mm. by Martin McDowell. Um, most recently had success with um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which also does deal with grief um, in its own way. It is kind of an undercurrent of all of, of all of his movies. They're like the Coen Brothers. It's they're all very darkly comedic. Mostly, mostly people associate them with like comedy, but he does deal with um, deeper emotions um, to a degree that I think is unique among. Um, modern filmmakers and in Bruges, he he was a playwright in I, I think I I think he's Irish um, for a long time. But in Bruges was his first screenplay and the first movie that he directed. And um, in the the movie follows two hitmen, one um, the main one played by Colin Farrell, who after a um, botched job they have to lie low in the um, 
city of Bruges, which I'm not exactly sure what country that's in. We can look that up while I'm um, yammering. But we're, we're Americans. We don't know this. <laughs> and so they're laying low in this kind of very old-fashioned um, kind well, of... Belgium. Belgium. So this old-fashioned kind of... Um, stuck in its own past town in Belgium, um, which is described a lot of times um, in the film as in the film as being kind of like purgatory. Like mm -hmm. there's um, not a whole lot happens in Bruges. They, they describe it as like kind of like living in a snow globe. And um, it's a, it's a type of town that can really lend itself to like melancholy. And um which is appropriate when you learn, um, again, not going to spoil exactly what happens, but you learn that um, Colin Farrell's character um, is suicidal, um, particularly, um, which was uh, inspired by something that happened very, um, very recently in the past relating to the last job they're on. And that's something that his character struggles through um, throughout the movie is... Um, suicidal thoughts and kind of um the feelings of wanting to give up wanting to like end it all especially um when he can't really like deal with the type of person that he is anymore and he um that kind of state of emotion um sticks with him throughout the entire film it um and it kind of builds up to, I think, one, one of the endings in films that's pretty simple, but affected me more than almost any other like movie ending that I can like think of right, right off the bat. Just personally, as somebody who has, um, um, for, for any Mitchell Kakulka fans who have read my columns for CM Life, somebody who has um, felt suicidal feeling, somebody who has attempted suicide. And so that's probably one reason just like that personal um ability to relate to this type of character relate to this type of emotional journey as depicted in the film um, is one reason why this is um a film that stuck with me a long time and um like we mentioned a little bit with um wild strawberries um a, t a kind of grief that isn't exactly what people would normally associate with grief um grief is usually um you know, funerals, funerals, um, long time pets dying, long time from grand grandparents, parents dying, and not something that people will automatically associate with the death of um, yourself, yourself, or yourself in innocence, both, or you know, whatever. In both, like the literal way of um, you know the end result of suicide, but also kind of the death of. Um, your emotional well-being which can like lead up to that kind of state of being yeah and uh yeah i mean we we often will talk about you know we'll we'll share the suicide hotline around to our friends or you know our followers on social media but you know we we also need to talk to each other and we also need to you know do more than just that for each other so i i feel like you know um we 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 talk sometimes about like that that show 13 reasons why mm -hmm. and it's usually about how we don't like that show yeah. and uh it's funny uh the most recent season received a lot of flack for a pretty uh gratuitous and graphic scene 
you know, I, I think you know what I'm referring to, the bathroom yeah. scene. Yeah. And uh, for anyone that doesn't, I, I don't really want to repeat what happens in the scene. I think we all know, but I've, I've been seeing a lot of people come to that show's defense lately to say, it's really good that they showed this because it's really raising awareness that this kind of thing happens. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's like people who only share the number for the suicide hotline. And then when their friend comes to them to talk to him about something, they turn their phone off. Yeah. It's, it's like finding the most basic thing that generates any kind of emotional response out of you and then seeking no deeper. Mm -hmm. Cause sure. Uh, people are, are assaulted in the world. I don't think anyone is unaware of that information. Mm -hmm. I don't think I need a, uh, I don't need a, a tastelessly done scene, you know, directed by hacks to, to demonstrate that, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm more than aware. So when I see for lack of a better word, idiots make that <laughs> kind of argument, it reminds me of what we're talking about here where you see something in a film that you can sincerely relate back to your life. Now, you know, that scene in Bruges that you're referring to, I'm sure, I'm sure your brain can fill in the logical gaps of yeah. what, like you understand this character feels this. I don't need to be shown that they would probably do this. Mm -hmm. Your brain can fill in those mental gaps. That's the whole point of really, really good direction in films. It wants to lead your brain to filling in those gaps itself. It wants mm -hmm. you to understand the story and, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't mean to go a little bit off track, but I've, I've just been thinking about that, that more and more and about how I hope we can just turn more away from trying to deal with really serious subject matter, like grief or abuse or whatever in the 13 reasons why format mm -hmm. and more in a, what we're talking yeah. about here format. I think, I think just a, it's necessary to approach that kind of subject matter with empathy in which all the films that we and talk, respect empathy yeah. and respect, which all the films that we've talked about today do. do yeah. When yeah, they're I tackling so. um, these issues. <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on, on a very, very positive light note, mm -hmm. the lightest note we've ever been on. <laughs> I've been your host, <laughs> Brent Gunn. I've been your host. This, this has been, been Falco. Uh, this has been moving pictures. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.